VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Friends, we thank you for joining us on Crosstalk, coming your way from VCY America. You know, we have talked often about the Agenda 2030, but friends, I need to make you aware that before our very eyes, there are ways in which this agenda is being implemented rather methodically, not only in our nation, but around the world. I mean, it's, it's like the frog in the kettle. You know, where the temperature is rising, as the frog is oblivious to see what is taking place, that that water is uh, uh, heating up around him, soon to have his own goose cooked, ignorant of the, the big picture of what's taking place. There are numerous challenge right, uh, challenges right now, friends, that are confronting our nation on many fronts that are impacting our economy, our, our food supply and food security, land use, private property, our energy independence, and so much more. But friends... Uh, we want you to know that the temperature is rising on many levels, coming from many different factors, not just from the U.N. and, and, and some of these uh, global agencies, but within our own country, sometimes within our own state legislatures and our city planning commissions. But, friends, there are advocates who are in this battle and making a positive impact on many fronts. However, this is not a spectator sport where we can all just ba- sit back and you know watch what's unfolding. Rather, according to our guest today, it behooves us to be engaged to make a difference. Who is that guest? Well, it's Tom DeWeese, president of the American Policy Center, one of the nation's leading advocates of individual liberty, free enterprise, private property rights, personal privacy, back to basics, education and American sovereignty and independence, and protecting our constitutionally guaranteed rights. Tom is also the grassroots coordinator for CFACT. And Tom, welcome back here to Crosstalk. Good to be with you, Jim. Thank you. Tom, we're told this is all about climate change. And, and uh, the, 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 the problem is, you know, that the planet is heating up. I made mention to you before the program, we got a picture in our hometown paper today of this polar bear all abandoned, you know, by himself, that populations are dying off. And, and uh, we're told, uh, warned about uh, uh, the U.N. Has says melting Arctic ice is a key indicator of the climate change, but I guess it's not melting. Um, Tom, we're, we're told this is all about climate change. Is this all part of the agenda, part of the, the scare tactic to make the population do what, what the, these agencies will? Yeah, as, I, as I've said many times, there's always been a force in human society that wanted to rule everybody else, wanted to rule the world. And usually they put together armies and they invaded and they broke things, they killed people, and they subjugated them. These guys we're up against today are diabolical. They have come up with a, a way to get us to voluntarily give up our liberties to allow them to subjugate us. And what they came up with, scare tactics, the scare tactic is the threat of environmental Armageddon. doesn't matter how many rights you think you have if you don't have a planet to stand on. I mean, I've said that a thousand times. But that is exactly what they're doing to us, and they make up these things that uh, uh, you know, are, create the crisis and create the fear. And if you look deeply into it, you find that almost everything they're proposing to save the planet is much more damaging to the planet than anything else we're doing. But uh, they just keep moving forward because they're using that fear tactic. Well, it is a fear tactic. And, and Tom, we are led to believe that uh, that CO2 is a dangerous pollutant. Yeah, that's CO2. <laughs> Anybody who took a real science class in, in school uh, knows that CO2 is necessary for the trees, the plants, the, product, the crops we're growing to do that. There is no, it is not a pollutant. And why they have focused on uh, this as the being the greatest danger that we face, it's the root of all of this climate change stuff, and it is completely bogus. Yeah, and Tom, we're told, you know, that uh, temperatures are heating up on this planet, but I understand that there's a problem with where they're putting some of these monitoring stations. I, I understand, and I'm looking at an article here from the Epic Times saying that more than 90% of NOAA's uh, temperature monitoring stations have a heat bias. That's according to Anthony Watts, a, meteor- a meteorologist and director of a study that examined these climate stations. Could we be getting faulty da- data on purpose? Oh, absolutely. They're putting them in the middle of cities, on highways, concrete. Uh, you know, they're not out in the, uh, in the farmland where, you know, 
that uh, that yeah no that's that's absolutely true. They're 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 putting them in places that do not register a true. Uh, temperature. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, the article points out, too, according to the EPA, the, ur- the urban heat island effect causes higher temperatures in areas where there are more buildings, roads, and other forms of infrastructure that absorb and then radiate the sun's heat. And this is what we're led to believe, Tom. They put these these monitoring agents there, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, the sky is falling. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, they're, they're always coming out with a new report, a new report. And you keep asking the question, Based on what? Who wrote the report? Where did it come from? What information do they have to put into that? If you start asking questions like that of these people who are putting this stuff out, they can't answer those questions. This uh, Again, this agenda of scare tactics, they just come up with this stuff. And uh, there, there is absolutely no fact you know, behind it at all. Another fact that has come up, that we talk about global warming, is that if you have massive numbers of solar panels all covering thousands and thousands of acres of the field, the plastic that those things are made of help create warming. That's amazing. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. of They're supposed to be saving the planet with this. Well, friends, uh, we're talking with Tom DeWeese, and we're going to get into a number of issues today, like the carbon capture p- pipeline. We're going to be talking about food supply and the attack on food. We'll be talking about energy and some of the matters that are uh, happening there, too. But as we go to the the, the very top in our nation, Tom, uh, the, the news uh, hit uh, just a matter of days ago about John Kerry. Uh, is going to be stepping down as the climate czar, and uh, there's going to be a a, a pick from the uh, by Joe Biden for one uh, John Podesta, who has been uh, quite an activist on this issue as well. Yeah, well, they have a whole uh, slew of these guys. We we started getting some negative uh, news about uh, John Kerry, so it kind of hurt his credibility. So they'll need to get him out of the way and get somebody else in there who's doing exactly the same thing. And John Kerry has been leading the fight to destroy our uh, our local farms and uh, you know all in the name of global warming. And uh, you know he, I mean, he actually said at uh, one of the recent uh, UN meetings that. Uh, they cannot tackle climate change without first addressing the agricultural sectoral emissions and uh, the farmers in the U.S. and others. In other words, you know, the, the, they are, uh, the farmers are significant emitters of nitrogen, uh, which is a fertilizer, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the other thing, and, and we'll get to the pipeline in just a moment here, but the other thing that really uh, frost my cake, anyways, is the amount of money that we are throwing at this, uh, you know, these climate initiatives that we're told. Tom, I, I've seen some estimates up to $800 billion costing us to take these, the, make all these energy-changing uh, efforts, and, and we're, in essence, bankrupting not only ourselves now, but the, but future generations. I mean, the deficit spending is out of control. Our national debt is just going off the off the charts here. And, and they're talking about the Biden's climate agenda costing taxpayers close to $800 billion. Yeah, and, and, and you ask for what? What what is happening? What what is the, where's the science? What's behind it? And you don't find anything. What this really is is redistribution of wealth, and it's it's taxing the people. It, it is putting all kinds of rules and regulations on local farmers. It is doing uh, all kinds of massive damage to our economy. And uh, you, you talk about corporations that literally are trying to put themselves out of business, it seems like. If you're a logical mind, you look at it, whether it's the car industry, the, trans- the, uh, uh, the electric industry, the power industry, and so forth, you see them destroying their own product. Well, then you find out that in a lot of these uh, bills that are coming out of Congress with all this money, uh, there are ways for them to make up for it all, putting the money in their pocket by playing the, the game with the, uh, hmm. you know, the whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, the, the big boys are able to stuff their pockets, but the rest of us are having them emptied. Tom DeWeese with us here today, president of American Policy Center. Uh, Tom, so much is unfolding as we speak, and, and we're going to hit a number of issues here today. And I'd like to begin with an update on the carbon capture pipeline. We got many. We have many states that are that are engaged in this matter: North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Illinois, other states as well. And I know there have been various bills that are being introduced, and and uh, just. 
us how, where do things stand on this carbon capture pipeline? And, and we're really talking about private property rights and all of this. Are, are legislators standing up for the property rights of their state residents? What's, what's taking place? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of flim-flam going on with it all. And uh, I, a, a couple of years ago, when I really got involved in this issue in Iowa, and uh, I was hearing from county commissioners who weren't in favor of this, but golly gee, there's nothing we can do about it because the Iowa Utilities Commission says we have to go along with it. And I challenged them then, and I said, the Iowa Utilities Commission, and every state's got one of these, are appointed boards. They are, they are created, appointed boards are created so uh, to be the bureaucracy, basically, or the, or the, the uh, workforce for other things that the legislature you know, puts together. It is not that they're to make policy. They're not to dictate to the legislature what goes on and so forth. But they all try to hide behind that when they don't want to stand up and, and uh, take a, a, a courageous position and fight these things. Then they go, oh, golly, the utilities board won't let us. And I, I went across Iowa, and I called them cowards. I said, who elected you to protect them? That's what the people did. They elected you to protect their, their rights, their property. And it did start to have an effect. And, and some states began, or some counties began to pass some legislation to block this pipeline. This is a private pipeline run by private corporations, BlackRock, Vanguard, these guys, these, these massive corporations that are put, they're behind putting all these, these things in place. And they threaten, they push, they never back off. And some of these counties began to block the way for the pipeline. And so these forces went uh, into the legislatures and they're saying these, these uh, regulations are just too, too strong and so forth. This isn't right. Well, I just got a report from North Dakota where several counties were beginning to take these actions. The public service commissioner uh, of the, uh, in, in um, uh, North Dakota said he believes state regulations for pipelines supersede county ordinances uh, and that you know that goes completely against what the people are asking them to do and uh, let's see what else he went on to say in this he said I understand that this decision is going to upset a lot of people uh, referring to the the pipeline opponents but he says he feels the state law is clear on the issue and this is this is exactly what Vanguard and uh, some of the other uh, uh, CO2 ventures, Navigator CO2 ventures, these guys who were getting blocked, and they were in danger of having the pipeline stopped. And uh, so this is how they're starting to turn. I'm seeing the same thing starting to happen in Iowa. In South Dakota, the, the, they tried to intimidate the farmers and, and uh, get them, you know, kind of threaten them with all kinds of things happening to them if they didn't go along with all this. The farmers reacted. The farmers stood up, and they went to the legislature and demanded that they take action. And there are some good legislators there trying to, but they, uh, there, there are these other forces that uh, are just blocking any kind of yeah. legislation like that, trying to get that through. And uh, there is a lot of money changing hands. And quite frankly, the governor of South Dakota, who everybody thinks is a great conservative, is involved in this and not letting some of this stuff happen. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more on the carbon capture pipeline because, friends, things are happening in North Dakota, not not for the protection of private property. And same with South Dakota. There's some real challenges that are going on right now in the South Dakota legislature. We'll have more information after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what happens to a fossil when it's buried? Chris, a buried fossil quickly begins to decompose. It's relentlessly attacked by bacteria eating away at the organic material. Recently, however, several fossils have been discovered with the original organic material intact. Here's a couple examples. Soft dinosaur tissue was found, supposedly over 65 million years old. Elsewhere, clam fossils were found with the organic muscles holding the two shells together, supposedly 200 million years old. Now, evolutionists are committed to the millions of years idea, so they overlook this obvious evidence for rapid recent burial. Chris, it looks like a rapid burial event happened not very long ago. I think that's the great flood of Noah's day that's mentioned back in Genesis. To find out more about creation science, 
visit us on the web at www.icr.org. That's www.icr.org. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. And friends, our topic today, the climate change agenda targets the populace. It targets private property rights. It targets your constitutional rights in this. And I mention this because uh, Tom DeWeese is with us, president of American Policy Center. Tom, I mentioned this because they are actually using eminent domain to take, you know, they're saying, oh, this is just a utility when it's not. You talked about this being a private venture, but they're using eminent domain to take away the private property rights of individuals. They are. And they, in, in, in the beginning of the certain cases, these, these corporations were offering money to a farmer or a property owner who was in the path of the pipeline and saying, hey, we'll give you this money for it. Uh, but eventually that money runs out. And uh, what happens? Well, then they find out. They got them to sign, and to get the money, they got them to sign these easements. Now, Vanguard says they've got 80% of the, uh, the property uh, across uh, North Dakota to allow them to move forward. There's 20% blocking them here, I guess. But what we found out was uh, when it looked like we were going to be successful in blocking the pipeline, uh, these corporations are holding these easements said, well, we've got the easements, and so we'll just sell that property or we'll do something else with it. And I said at the time, and the legislatures have to understand, if this project is blocked and the easements that were signed in relationship to that would now become null and void, for crying out loud. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, you can't just change it over to something else. You know, people signed it on the pipeline. But this is the kind of game they're playing. This is a... A, a total attack on private property, and uh, not only that, on the farmers. The farmers, not only do they want to put the carbon capture pipeline through there, and sometimes it's within 60 feet of their house, uh, you know, just, just coming right straight through there, and willy-nilly across their property, taking away their ability to raise their crops and so forth. But uh, then they, the real plan is to pretty much bury all of that land under solar panels and wind towers. And I've got other pro- programs for that. So, you know, this is this is a total attack yeah. on the American farmer and the, his ability to feed us, particularly small farmers. Because what John Kerry said was that small farms are significant emitters of NG, uh, of nitrogen. Uh, what about the big corporate farms? Absolutely, oh, they go along with all the policies of sustainable development. Yeah, so this is really to wipe out the small landowner, the small farmer, uh, the, the, the really the backbone of this nation. Is, are, is not the small farm really the backbone for us? Oh, absolutely. And there some of, you know, the, the, of, of individuals that own property. Right. You know, they have some of the biggest. But uh, this, this is the, these corporations going along with it. And I've got volumes of information yeah. on the sustainable rules to cover the, the the farmers growing food, cover the cattle industry, yeah. on and on and on. And they can't they can't operate. And, and right, and they're squeezing out they're sque- squeezing out the small dairy farmer, the small meat producers. I mean, that's why I say they've been the backbone. But but they're being swallowed up by either larger corporations or or made to go out of business because they just can't afford to keep up with all the the regulations that are being imposed upon them. And when they have all that facing them, and then one of them comes along and says, oh, hey, we're going to give you a half a million dollars to, uh, if you sign this easement to use your property, it becomes very difficult to say no. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking if somebody came to my land and said, hey, we'll give you a million dollars to put a solar uh, farm up on there, it'd be hard to turn down, even though I know it all was involved. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So, so they're facing that. So, friends, uh, at North Dakota, you've got the Public Service Commission there that has really worked against counties in this regard, saying, well, I, you know, I, I think they they have uh, state law allows them to do what they're doing. And so we know that Summit Carbon Solutions now is going to get a new slate of hearings, uh, approval for the estimated 305 miles of pipeline running through their state. But also in South Dakota, those of you who are South Dakotans, you know what's going on in your legislature right now. It is full board, just this plethora of bills that are being introduced. And we understand Representative John Hansen has introduced a House Bill 1219 aimed to prohibit carbon dioxide pipelines from utilizing eminent domain for construction 
purposes, likely spend a spell the end, it said, for carbon, uh, Summit Carbon Solutions carbon pipeline plans. However, friends are getting difficult time to get these things through committee. Uh, a, a report here uh, indicates that the House Commerce and Energy Committee has become a graveyard for bills seeking to protect landowners' rights regarding carbon pipelines. Of several pipeline bills brought before the committee, only two have emerged. Both are compromise bills crafted by legislative leadership. Hansen's bill narrowly failed, losing by just one vote. It did represent a departure from similar efforts. Other anti-pipeline pro-landowner bills have also much sounder defeats. And friends, it's happening in committee. Hansen expressed intentions to smoke the bill out of the House floor, uh, onto the floor, a legislative maneuver that would allow the full legislature to vote on it, saying, Hansen said this, this bill is absolutely critical to defending constitutional property rights and protecting South Dakotans from having their land taken. It needs a full hearing on the floor. Landowners across the state need the protections this bill offers them. And I'm guessing many of you landowners don't know this is going on, the battle in the South Dakota legislature right now. And it behooves you to be in contact with your state representative and your state senators to to represent your interests as landowners. And, Tom, that's what it takes, a groundswell of people contacting their legislators. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we last year when they attempted to uh, intimidate the uh, the farmers, thinking this would get them to be quiet and go out of you know, get out of their way, and it totally backfired on them. And the farmers went to they had big rallies at the state house. They had legislators standing up finally and, and and taking action. And everybody says we've won here. Oh wow, this is a great victory, and it was for that particular uh, moment. But the problem is, too many people go home from that and say, well, we did what we could do. And if, if they lose then, if it begins to turn around, then they say, well, see, it didn't matter. We didn't, it didn't matter. What you have to understand is these forces we're up against never leave. And when you get, uh, uh, you know, everything, uh, you know, you start to win some, some battles like we were winning there in some of the counties and so forth in the legislature, and they find a way to get around it. The, now, this in, in North Dakota, on this, uh, the head of this public service commission, his, his name is Randy uh, Chrisman, and he's written a draft order to change, you know, the, the situation so that eminent domain does, uh, you know, take the whole thing, get rid of the county uh, regulations that are blocking it. And it, it, the report that I got said that uh, if that was adopted, it would eliminate the roadblock. And that's exactly what Summit wanted, get rid of this roadblock. But we have got to stand up now. People have got to rally again. Stand up and demand in your legislature. In South Dakota, get there. You've got good people in the legislature who are ready to work with you. Don't expect them to stick their neck out by themselves. You've got to be there to give them support, and they will get more courageous. They'll work harder. And you've got to make those who are in, in, in behind all this stuff, who are putting this stuff in place or blocking it, make them feel pain. Name who they are. Talk about how they're doing this to property owners and farmers across the state. And make them uh, you know, the, the focus of this so that uh, they're, they're afraid to stick their heads out. <laughs> you know, if you, that's what we've got to do. We've got to make them feel pain and move forward. Tom, this also, and I'd like to transition from the pipeline here to our food supply, because, I mean, f- we have farmland that is, uh, and the grazing lands as well that are being impacted by this carbon capture pipeline. But uh, here is a headline that was on Fox News on February 10th. Cattle farmer warns plunging beef supply has reached crisis point. Americas are, Americans are going to pay the price. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, nationwide beef cattle inventory dropped to $28.2 million this year. It's the lowest level since the 1970s and down 2% from a year ago. Total U.S. cattle and calf inventory dropped to its lowest level since 1951. Tom, in 1951, our U.S. population was about 100. 50 million people. Today, we're over uh, uh, to what, uh, 335 million people, more than doubled what it was in 1951. And we're talking less cattle today than what we had then. What, what, what's going on behind the scenes here? Well, we, what, what's happening is the, the, the regulations, these sustainable regulations, the, uh, the, literally the cattle industry in this country is being controlled by the World Wildlife Fund. They put together this sustainable beef uh, uh, roundtable, 
and the National Cattlemen's Beef Association is going along with it, playing ball with these people, and they are putting regulations on the farmers, uh, the cattle raisers. So one of the things they tell them is, uh, you can only use this much of your land for this purpose. And, you know, they, so they lock away how much land they can have so that it cuts down on the size of the, of the uh, herd. They're telling them that they've got to have uh, chips in, in the, uh, every single cow to uh, follow it, know where it is and all that kind of thing, where it comes from. Uh, that costs money. Other kinds of rules and regulations they're putting on there. And there are cattle farmers that are uh, cattle growers that are disappearing by the hundreds, if not thousands, uh, you know, just, just giving up and, and dropping out. And what's happening then, as they put all these regulations on the American cattlemen and on American farmers, the cattle now that we're getting in here are coming from Brazil and other countries that don't have those regulations on them. <laughs> My, my. So, you know, but we're going to, you know, do this for the environment. So, friends, beef is going to go sky high. And when I talk sky high, it's like when the cow jumped over the moon. I mean, it, it, it is going to be out there. And, and uh, Tom, coupled with that, here is from WND.com, February 9th. It's estimated that Joe Biden's global warming plans for America's farm industry will push cheese costs for consumers up 78%, beef going up 70%, rice 56%, chicken 39%, eggs 36%. Uh, Tom, you know, we keep having all these food programs, but, uh, you know, we want nobody to be hungry, but yet with zero hunger, we're going to have starvation for all with the way they're going with this. Well, yeah, and you have uh, Biden's got the Western Solar Plan that will sacrifice 22 million uh, acres of public land to uh, and fighting climate change, put it under solar uh, panels. And the Bureau of Land Management, which was the original uh, BLM, and uh, you know, working all this, there, there are something like there's a 162 million acres in this country that are overseen by the BLM, and uh, then 22 million of them they want to put under under solar panels, and uh, you know, just just picture it, 22 million acres in this country under these massive plans. And there's nothing growing underneath it. And now we find, as I, I think I said earlier, that what they're made of uh, creates warming, which is the exact opposite of what you know, it's supposed to be doing. Uh, there's no science behind any of this. There's money. And trying to feed us, you've got Bill Gates pushing his fake meat, and he's buying up thousands and thousands of acres of land, uh, and really leading towards uh, eating their, the bugs and so forth. And that's what they really expect is going to happen here. And the other thing, Jim, and I, I rarely ever mention this and, because I worry so much that people will just, uh, this will put it over the top, that people won't hear a word I say, but I have known for 30 years that the number one goal of all of this, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, all of this stuff, is population reduction. And this, when you start looking at it, we're going to cut off the food supply, we're going to cut off the energy supply, we're going to cut off our being able to own our own cars, on and on and on. How does all that fit together when you've got fewer people? That's how it works, and that's what's really behind us. Friends, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back more, a little bit more on food and uh, and probing Tom on, on even your backyard garden and uh, energy issues as well facing the nation because the climate change agenda is targeting you, the, the, the populace, the, the population of our land. And as Tom just uh, uttered out, it's all about uh, reducing the population. Well, friends, you remember that with the, with the virus and getting the shot and Bill Gates saying if we do a real good job with vaccinations, we'll save lives and reduce the population. What's he all meaning by that? We'll take a break back in one minute here on Crosstalk. Israel. It's only about the size of New Jersey, yet it makes headlines all over the world. Throughout history, many attempts have been made to annihilate the Jews. Threats continue today to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Yet none of these attempts have ever succeeded. In the book, Miracle of Israel, authors Gary Frazier and Jim Fletcher present the shocking, untold story of God's love for his people. The authors take you back to Israel past focusing on God's promise to Abraham, the entry into the promised land, and the message of the prophets. You'll read of Israel present, with events leading up to and including Israel becoming a nation. And you'll read of Israel's future, 
the Gog and Magog War, the Great Tribulation, and the Millennial Kingdom. Miracle of Israel is available for a donation of $17 or more when you call 1-800-729-9829. listening to Crosstalk on BCY America, friends, we're, we're not just trying to rile you up. I mean, there are, these are things that are going on. Uh, Tom's going to come back with some solutions before we're done here, too, okay, and how this can uh, be dealt with here across our nation and, and standing up for your rights, your private property rights here across this land as well, your constitutional rights. Uh, Tom, though, as we're on this matter of food supply, I, you mentioned a comment earlier about even gardens coming under attack. What did you mean by that? We found a, a report from the University of Michigan that looked at how much CO2 was produced when growing food in different types of urban farms. And, you know, they're looking at uh, people wanting to, to grow more food at home. I mean, people are getting scared by, you know, food shortages, mm-hmm. and they're saying, well, I'm going to start a garden here. So now they've come up with a study that says that homegrown food, uh, the, the, the carbon footprint of that is five times greater than those grown conventionally. Uh, Now, what is conventionally? Because we're already saying they're putting small farmers out of business. They're not conventional. What is conventional? Oh, yeah, those corporations that go along with all the sustainable rules and regulations. But uh, so, so, yeah, so now we have, uh, you know, the block us from growing our own food to take care of ourselves. And, uh, you know, so... They, it's amazing because we've, we've got it focusing on everything yeah. from, uh, you know, that to the, the whole impact on climate. Coffee is something else they're talking about now, is somehow that causes climate change. Uh, human breath, we heard that one uh, yep. recently. Yep. Uh, and houseplants and uh, rice is another one. <laughs> Friends, it's amazing the steps that are being taken in this regard. And before we move to energy, Tom, I've got to make one more comment here on food, and that is, you know, uh, President Biden just made his big announcement uh, uh, during the Super Bowl about shrinkflation and blaming these companies for reducing the size of their packages and so forth. And just last week, uh, or back in early February, uh, he actually targeted grocery stores. He's blaming grocery stores for ripping people off. He's blaming grocery stores for the, you know, for the high prices and these corporations that are greeting off, getting greedy off the, you know, consumers and so forth. But he's refusing to look at, I think that's called projection, where you blame others for doing that, what you're doing yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what's going on here. Absolutely. I mean, they make the money worthless by printing more and more and more and more. And then when people try to charge more so they can survive, oh, they're, they're bad people. <laughs> yeah. Just unreal what these people And do. so then they attack also our, our gas stoves and appliances in our homes too, Tom. Yeah, there, I, I saw there's a study in the, the federal government that uh, is looking into everything in your kitchen and uh, the type of stoves you use and refrigerator and, uh, you know, the, how, what it, the kind of food you cook in there. Uh, you know, the, how, how does this help uh, increase the, uh, the pollution and so forth from it? So, I mean, what, the, what we're really looking at here is the elimination of human society. Mm-hmm. I have known for years that the radical environmental movement believes that human beings are a cancer on the environment, that they are not part of the environment. And so any single thing that we try to do uh, just to live our lives is uh, is danger, you know, to the environment and uh, has to be eliminated. That's what's really behind these people. They're nuts. Yeah, they are nuts. And um, here we are also seeing, you know, the push toward uh, electricity, electric vehicles, and so forth. And a lot of this is blowing up in their faces. Consumers don't want this. Uh, was it Hertz that just said, no, we're getting rid of all these, uh, you know, this la- vast quantity of electric vehicles. We, we, we saw parking lots of, 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 of uh, electric vehicles that would not recharge when we had the bitter winter weather that was going through. And this is trying to be forced upon the, the population. We know what's going on in, in California, in which they're going to be, what, banning the new sales of the combustible engine, gasoline powered engines, I should say, uh, coming up just a couple years down the road? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you look at what it takes to get the lithium batteries for these things. We're talking, I, I, I saw a report the other day that, that billions of 
I don't know, what was it, billions of pounds of dirt or whatever had to be lifted just to make some of these batteries. I mean, you're going to, if we were going to replace all of the gas-powered cars today with electric, you would see massive, all over the world, Grand Canyons, you know, everywhere. But going back to what I just said about population, they don't expect to replace all the gas-powered cars with electric cars. There are just going to be a few of them over here for a few elites, and the rest of us, you've got a bicycle and you've got public transportation, but now the public transportation, they're trying to turn the buses into electric, uh, you know, generated, and people, there are whole communities now that are getting rid of the electric buses that they bought because they don't work, uh, but you know, this is all about control, making you all live in one high-rise somewhere yeah. under smart growth downtown and uh, not having to go anywhere at any time. Tom, I was just looking up a quote to you because you were talking about the, the correlation between what's going on right now and reducing the population. And, you know, I, I can remember many, many decades ago, the, the television program, The Undersea World or something like that of Jacques Cousteau. And, and Jacques Cousteau is one, he said... Uh, he said this, in order to stabilize, this is decades ago, in order to stabilize world population, we must eliminate 350,000 per day, per day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And there was at the uh, the recent uh, Davos com- conference, they, uh, one, there was one guy there uh, talking about population, and he literally said, we need to eliminate six to seven billion people. I hope we can do it peacefully. Oh, my word. Uh, Tom, uh, one, we're going to look at some solutions, but I, I saw something breaking news here just earlier this week. You know, we're so dependent on, on communist China. And that's another whole program in itself on, on, on uh, you know, for these rare minerals and so forth. But we understand a mining company in Wyoming just found 2.34 billion tons of rare earth minerals. A massive rare earth discoveries could mean a new mining rush in the Mountain West. Uh, this really is, uh, this discovery is amazing. Well, we have it. We, and, you know, under Trump, we had, uh, we were becoming independent on oil yes. and everything else. So we have these things. We don't have to get these things, uh, uh, you know, overseas. And China literally controls the, almost the entire lithium battery industry. And, and, and we've said, I think, before and we've, when we've talked, that uh, as they're pushing that stuff here, getting the United States to accept all of this stuff where we have no energy whatsoever, meanwhile, they're opening coal mine after coal mine after coal mine, so they have uh, power. And this is what we've got to understand mm-hmm. we're dealing with. These are people, the, the, the goal is to get rid of the independence of the United States. Now, that's a radical statement. That's going to get another Southern Poverty Law Center report on me, that I'm just a nutcase. But I'm reading what they say. Yeah. And that, you know, that is what they're doing. Yeah. And How in, else can you explain it? An independent, sovereign United States of America does not exist in their Great Reset plans, ladies and gentlemen. Tom, uh, and the clock is moving fast on us. I've got so much more I'd like to run by you. But I, I, I don't want to leave on the, those negative aspects because there's, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the very opening to this program, this is not a spectator sport that we all just kind of watch what's unfolding. But but people across this nation need to get engaged. Is there hope in this, Tom? I believe there is. And, uh, I, I, you know, I do see across the country so many people looking down and saying, oh, we can't beat them, they're too strong. But then I see what happened last year in South Dakota where the farmers did stand up and uh, take action and they did move forward with what they're doing. This is what we have to do. Understand there are the, these forces we're talking about, their, their ground troops are what we call non-governmental organizations, NGOs. You've got the Nature Conservancy, the Sierra Club, the World Wildlife Fund, all those. There are 20,000 of these organizations, and they surround your elected officials. Almost every one of these issues we're talking about has at least one NGO group that is an expert on that issue. They're writing up sample legislation, and they're getting grant money. 
But the difference here is we aren't there. When we are there, we have an impact. And what I'm trying to do, I, you know, I coined the term building a freedom pod in, in people's communities and organizing uh, effectively. And that's what I'm working to do is get local activists to, because this stuff is being implemented on the local level. What we had happening in Iowa and South Dakota and so in North Dakota were uh, county commissioners who originally were capitulating but then began to get strong when we pointed it out to them and showed them what, what they really could do, and they did uh, take action. And uh, this is where, you know, and the other side knows this. They're putting these things in place in your city councils, your county commissions, and uh, your state legislatures have a whole lot more uh, power than they know they do to can stop this stuff. And so this is what I focus on, and we are working with people around the country. We have won some victories. We need a whole lot more, but don't look at this as hopeless, because to do that, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you say it can't be done, then you're right. You don't do anything. But if we take action, we can beat them. They're terrified of you knowing that. And friends, again, I'm going to mention to those of you in South Dakota, multiple stations pick us up in South Dakota, to reach out to your 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 legislature at this time. They are meeting. Bills are going forth. And 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 frankly, there's been a number of bills to to uh, to stand up for property owners that that are falling by the wayside. They're they're killing them in committee. And your voice does need to be heard there. Um, by the way, uh, let's open our phone lines. Our number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Your questions or brief comments here today, uh, 800-733-9829. Critical issues that are before us. Tom, uh, you've got a lot of information on your website. You put out uh, 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 email alerts and so forth. How can our listeners get engaged? Uh, Tell us about your website, what's available for them there. Our website's AmericanPolicy.org. And uh, we, we have a 30-year archive of articles in there, things we've written about all this stuff, get a lot of background. But we have a section there called Freedom Pods. And uh, there's a map there. Uh, if you click on your state, uh, people that I uh, have already worked with are, are listed there who, who are you know, working to fight back. Uh, I have, I'm working right now to update that in a major way. I've got a lot more I haven't gotten on there. Uh, there, you'll see an article there that says, what do I mean by a freedom pod? And that'll give you the background of what some of the basic ideas you can do. We've also got uh, a, a handbook that we created, a local activist handbook that has all the details on, on how to, uh, to fight back. Right now, I am putting together a team. Uh, one of the things I've run into is if I try to do this by myself, I just get overwhelmed. I can't do it. And I go to a city and I speak to the people and they get excited and want to do something. And then I leave town. And then, you know, yeah. it doesn't happen. But I am uh, actually, uh, this month, I'm, uh, I'm organizing a team of activists from different parts of the country to be spokesmen, to be the people that people can call and talk to and get ideas and new, uh, new tools and so forth. We're working on building that, uh, that whole operation. I do not intend to lose to these idiots that think they're going to starve us to death and, and take control of our world. I will not subject to them. Friends, uh, Tom's website is AmericanPolicy.org, AmericanPolicy.org. You can even sign up for his email alerts and so forth. We're just 30 seconds from the break, and so we're going to pick up our first call right after the break. But, Tom, very quickly here, I see also that uh, Governor Newsom in California is standing by a plan to base electricity bills on income versus usage, really implementing socialism in a very direct way here. Yep, every, every part of it. Socialism is the is the nice word. This is communism. Yeah, Tom Deweese, our guest here today. A quick break, and uh, we'll come back to your phone calls. The number, all the lines are packed right now. Eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine. Back in one minute. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Well, the world has been forced to face the reality of what we've been talking about for several months and some people for years, and that is that UNRWA, 
The U.N. organization in the Gaza is a terrorist organization. That's what many of us believe. And indeed, we have found their supplementary curriculum to encourage the hatred of the Jews, genocide, jihad. And now we find that there was reportedly right underneath that U.N. building of UNRWA a big data server for Hamas, and they found weapons. Well, that doesn't come as a shock to us because shortly after the October 7th murder of 1,200 Jews, we reported that some of the terrorists, they were rejoicing about what they did. They were said to be graduates of this U.N. school where they were taught this ideology. It's time for Americans to understand the United Nations is an organization against Christians and Jews and liberty and freedom. So much information, friends. Limited time, but uh, Tom DeWeese is with us today. You can stay abreast, AmericanPolicy.org, AmericanPolicy.org. Again, to those in South Dakota, your legislature is dealing with this matter at this time. They need to hear the voice of South Dakotans uh, taking place. Let's go to the phone lines, Redfield, Kansas. And, Tom, you're on the air. Yes, Jim. Thank you very much. I was just thinking about when you guys were talking, you know, back in the days of King Saul, you know, coming coming up against the Philistines. Nobody nobody wanted to do anything. Nobody could. And then David said, you know, this is bull. And so he stepped up and did it. So that's what we need to do and not be like the rest of them, just sit back and do nothing, but get out and do what we can do. Yeah, thank you for that, Tom. I I know, uh, Tom DeWeese, that there are those who, I mean, it's kind of like a Dave and Goliath situation where you've got these major corporations that are backing this, and and sometimes, you know, a governor that's standing in your way. Um, But uh, there's, there's something that that little smooth stone that David had as he went up against Goliath. You know, that's, that's very important, uh, particularly for Christians to understand. There are a whole lot of people telling us, just stand away, you don't get involved, don't do anything, you know, the Lord will take care of it. Mm-hmm. But David didn't wait, yeah. you know, he took action. Jesus didn't wait with the uh, money changers, you know, all yeah. that. Uh, so we can't stand by and just, you know, wait. We have to take action. We've got Bruce calling from South Dakota. Bruce, you're on the air. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, this whole carbon pipeline, I don't think anybody should take anybody's property if they don't want to get rid of it. But it's all part of their global deal. We already know CO2 is low. We need CO2 to grow our South Dakota agricultural crops. But they're collecting and pumping all this up into North Dakota to Gates' land, which the world order already said they want to grow warehouse food, and they need the CO2 to do that. That's just my thoughts, anyway. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, A very interesting comment there, Tom. I think he's absolutely on target. Absolutely. uh, I've read that before. You know, the the Gates' land is right there in the pathway of it, and they have, uh, they, they, once in a while, one of them will slip and tell us they want to use this uh, CO2 they're burying for something else. Uh, but then they keep saying, well, this is just to protect the environment. But uh, I think there's very much something there to it that, uh, you know, Gates is involved in, absolutely. Don is calling from Milwaukee. Don, you're on the air. Hello, Don. Hi, Don. Well, I'm Don here, and I'm from uh, Milwaukee, and I just want to say I don't want Joe Biden to come in and take my kitchen appliances. And, yeah. well, here, my, my pastor, Josh Bean, he maybe he's incarcerated for – well, alleged pedophilia, but he is still part of God, and Joe Biden is not part of God. Joe Biden is part of the heathen agenda to take my appliances. I swear it. He ain't taking my gas away from me. I am the gas man. Okay, thank you. We got your point there. But that's really what's, uh, Tom, whether it be uh, a gas for, you know, uh, gas water heaters and, and uh, gas uh, ovens and stoves and so forth, uh, that's, that's in the crosshairs. Absolutely, and there are... Uh, restaurants that depend on that and uh, you know some of the food they cook wouldn't cook as well on electric i guess but uh, there's a huge expense once again we were talking about the farmers who have all these expenses yep. thrown at them and they yep. quit what are other small businesses going to do when their uh, electric the stuff that they have purchased is now got to be replaced thanks don let's go to john in lodi wisconsin you're on the air yes this may be on topic uh thank you for your show i have a concern here in uh, Wanakee, uh, there's a there's a sign on their door at the police department, which I think is quite telling. It says, "If you are caught with a conceal and carry weapon, you will uh, may be subject to arrest." 
So I talked to a patrolman. He told me to talk to the city hall. I talked to the city hall. They told me to talk to the police chief, mm-hmm. which I did. And I said, sir, do you realize you're taking honest men, mm-hmm. honest citizens that have been vetted yeah. and making criminals out of them? Yeah, it's a kind of a, a different topic here, um, but but uh, similarities in, in that aspect of control of, of constitutional rights here, Tom. Wherever you turn, you're seeing those kind of regulations moving. Any kind of liberties are telling us that the Second Amendment didn't mean personal carrying of weapons. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's... Thanks, John. Uh, we've got Sharon in the Arizona mountains. You're on the air, Sharon. Yes, good afternoon, gentlemen. I just wanted to um, encourage us all. One of the things that we tend to say, and I don't think it's intentional, but we tend to say that these people are crazy and they don't know what they're doing. But the fact is, is that they do know exactly what they're doing, and they are they are um, bidding and obeying for their father, our adversary. Yeah. And we as believers need to be mindful of that, that if this is a spiritual battle, we need to be on our knees, and we need to be encouraged by Scripture, like Psalm 37, which begins, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the green grass. Yeah. Thank you, Sharon. Great reminder. Appreciate it. And let's our final call from uh, Delta in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Delta, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. Thank you for your crusade, and thank you for exposing and, and fighting against these eco-idiots. I, I have something for you to mull over, and I have one question and I have something to add to it. Okay, very quickly, we're almost out of time. The, the carbon capture pipelines are not what they what you think they are. They're very combustible. Yes. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that very much. Yeah. Mississippi had one erupt, and it, it affected people in a huge way in uh, uh, their mental capacity and so yeah. forth. It is a very dangerous thing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Doug. So it's not, what, not mm-hmm. what you think they are. Thank you. Thank you for the call. We are out of time. Tom DeWeese, our guest here today. And uh, friends, it's part of an agenda. And and the caller was right. You know, it's, it's an agenda that uh, is coming from our adversary, really. And it's heading toward total world control. We see that on so many different fronts. Part of the Great Reset, which we've talked about. I mean, uh, and this this is just one tentacle. I mean, we've talked about the, the, the World Health Organization and this pandemic treaty. We've talked about the World Economic Forum and wanting ultimate control over everything. Tom, these all of these little tangents all come back to that same nucleus, don't they? Absolutely. They have left no stone unturned. They are looking at every single aspect of our society, and they are moving to control it or eliminate it in one way or another. Uh, And, yeah, this is not just random stuff. That's what we have to understand. Tom, we appreciate you carving out the hour to join us here today on Crosstalk. My pleasure. Thank you. And, friends, so many different issues that are going on here. But, yes, indeed, as the caller pointed out, God is in control. And we need to be faithful in our stewardship as citizens of this nation. Uh, we are not here just to, uh, you know, uh, be uh, carried away by the wind in whatever way the wind blows. But, friends, we are a steward of our citizenship, of our time, of our talents, of our abilities, even of the voice that we have to speak up for that which is right. Think about it. Tom's website is AmericanPolicy.org. That's AmericanPolicy.org. Thanks so much for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.